Welcome to Let It Be Easy with Susie Moore. Hello, my friends. Ooh, this episode is for you if you have ever identified or currently identify as a people pleaser. <laughs> I can completely relate. I feel you. I am you. And this is something that I've just had to get better at over time. It's almost been like forced upon me as I've gotten older, as I've run my own business and have focused a lot on different opportunities and people pleasing will kill you slowly. This I know, unless you can get a handle on it, really understand it and know that there really can be another way. It's not going to be comfortable. It won't be easy at first. I think it's actually never super, super easy, but it does become easier with practice. And today I've got a fun little story to illustrate (laughs) people pleasing to you. And many of you may not know, unless you followed me for a while, that I have a self-published version of Aesop's Fables available on Amazon. I've loved Aesop's Fables ever since I was a kid. Like, truly, I love, love, love Aesop's Fables. And upon finding a very old version of Aesop's Fables, which was translated from the original Greek, there's a lot that's lost in translation over the years, over you know, you know, over time with lots of different people interpreting Aesop's fables. I found this very, very old version translated directly from the Greek. And Aesop's fables are written over two and a half thousand years ago. So this is ancient wisdom that we're tapping into now, which it's almost just incredible, mind-blowing, the relevance that it still has today in this year, this day, this specific moment in time, which is why I truly, you know, I love Aesop's Fables so much. And you probably already know a lot of these without even maybe being conscious that they're Aesop's Fables. You know, for example, you probably know the story of the hare and the tortoise, right? Slow and steady wins the race. That's an Aesop's Fable. So is the warning about the boy who cried wolf, right? A liar won't be believed when he tells the truth. The same with the fox and his sour grapes, right? It's easy to, to despise what you cannot get. These are just, the, these expressions are two and a half thousand years old and they're still used in everyday language. And often we just don't know the origin. So how cool to be speaking about Aesop's Fables with you today, sharing some of my favorites. And one more thing about Aesop that I really, really love. I've actually got my book here because <laughs> I'm going to be reading you a short one today. But the truth is this, very little is known about who Aesop was. But he was what was called an ancient Greek fabulist. Isn't that an amazing word? (laughs) Because he wrote fables, he was a fabulist. And because he was such a clever writer, he used animals largely to tell his stories. Animals and humans. And this is how we understand them, right? Like the fox is sly, the donkey is slow and maybe a little bit silly. There's often a lot of travelers. The lion is strong. (laughs) So we can already interpret so much from these very short stories and leave with their morals that are still so relevant now. 
It's believed that Aesop was a slave who, through his wit and stories, ended up becoming an advisor to the king. He earned his freedom through his storytelling and became an advisor to the king. Isn't that incredible? And one more thing, I I know that Abraham Lincoln would always have two books by his bed, the, ba- the Bible and Aesop's Fables. And he would always employ Aesop's Fables when he had to illustrate a point. He'd say, he'd often open an argument in court saying, this reminds me of a story. And he would go straight into a fable. So I'm going to kick off with a, with one of my favorites today. And I think you'll know the moral right before we even finish. Uh, but if you have my book, it's on page 44. Aesop's Fables by Susie Moore. And it's called, this one doesn't have animals, but it's wonderful. It's called The Man and His Two Sweethearts. <laughs> Okay, are you ready for this? Ancient wisdom hitting us today with what we need to know right now if we are pleasers. Here it goes. A middle-aged man whose hair had begun to turn gray courted two women at the same time. One of them was young and the other well advanced in years. The elder woman Ashamed to be courted by a man younger than herself, made a point, whenever her admirer, uh, her admirer visited her, to pull out some portion of his black hairs. The younger, on the contrary, not wishing to become the wife of an old man, was equally zealous in removing every grey hair she could find. Thus it came to pass that between them... <laughs> Between them both, he soon, he very soon found out that he had not a hair left on his head. Moral slash takeaway, those who seek to please everybody, please nobody. And I would add, <laughs> end up with no hairs left on their head. Have you ever felt that way? Someone takes something from you. Someone takes something else. Someone takes, you know, yet another thing. We allow it. We cannot have a victim story about this. What we're allowing is up to us. But soon we end up with nothing. There is nothing left. If we keep saying, okay, yep, this is for you. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll oblige. Yes, okay, you, this means a lot to you. Yes, don't worry. I guess it wasn't that busy that day anyway. Whatever it may be. We end up without these proverbial heads on our heads, meaning our energy, our spirit, our time, in some cases, our money. So we don't want to end up like this hairless man, <laughs> right? There has to be another way. And what one person can take or what one person can want can conflict with others. And so in our desire to please, to, to make others happy, to give them what they need, we end up with nothing. We end up empty. And while we're on this subject, I'd like to just give you a very recent example in my life about when I really appreciated the generosity of someone saying no to me, meaning that they did not in that moment exist to please me. They pleased themselves, told me no, and the gift that that was. Okay, it's what I keep referring to in self-coaching society as the generous no, like the generosity of no, 
and it went as follows. So I am very blessed to have some very clever, brilliant friends who have a lot of cool, different strengths that I really admire. And in my various groups that I have, right, in my company, I love to invite them in to be guests, to do Q&As with my people, to add value, to have loads of fun. And those of you who are in Self-Coaching Society or the Visibility Accelerator, you will know this. You'll see that I bring in lots of cool different guests. And I asked a particular friend of mine, uh, who's fantastic, and I said, would you like to be a guest this year? And of course, it was a text that I was sending to a few different friends, maybe six, seven, eight of them. And of course, they're writing back. Yeah, sure. Let me know when. What are you thinking? Looping in, you know, their assistant or, you know, saying email this person. And I'm just, of course, grateful and happy. And of course, just expecting all these yeses because I also do it for my friends. And then one of them, one of these lovely ladies wrote back to me saying, thank you so much for thinking of me. I actually don't coach outside of my own programs. Uh, but sending you lots of love and success and I know your membership is so awesome your self-coaching society is so awesome huh I remember I was sitting on my sofa getting all these yeses planning all my cool guest bonus calls I had on top of everything else and this friend of mine said no And my first thought was a bit of surprise because it wasn't what I was expecting. And then my second thought, this was unexpected. It flooded me with relief. Do you ever have one of those moments where you're just flooded with relief and you're just like, why? (laughs) Why do I feel so weirdly good in this moment? This friend of mine showed me how to say no. And her and I had lunch recently. And as we were munching on our burrata and prosciutto and breadsticks, I said to her, you gave me the biggest gift of everybody that I asked. Of course, I'm so grateful of everyone's generosity showing up, giving me and my communities their time and brilliance. But in that moment, I said to her, my love, you gave me something even better for me. You illustrated with loving elegance, kindness, honesty, truth, how I can say no. And can I say that since then, I've said no to four or five-ish similar different things in a very similar way. And I was just so happy that someone modeled it for me. And look, I'm a coach, right? Like this isn't something that should be hard for me. This is something where I can employ my consciousness, use my logic. Of course, I know how to lovingly reject something in the most kind language possible. But this was with a friend, right? So with a stranger, it can, you know, kind of be easier or if it's an acquaintance, da, 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 da. But this was a friend who I just had this expectation that, you know, this is what we do for each other. And when she said no. I was initially confused and then I wanted to jump up and down like, (laughs) wow, yes, this is an option. Damn, this is an option. (laughs) I felt free. And as I've said, I've since used very similar language and the same confidence, the same loving confidence, the same generous no. Because let me tell you something, my friends. 
If someone says no to you, lovingly, honestly, they tell you the truth, they tell you the real reason they're not coming, they tell you the real reason they're not going to be there, or why it's a no, you know with that person you can always feel safe, because when you're together, when you're collaborating, when you're doing whatever it is with that person, they want to be there. It's sincere, it's honest, it's truth, and that, my friends, is ease. So people pleasers. I hope this has maybe brought you a little bit of ease today, looking at things another way. Think about that man. (laughs) Think about that man with his two sweethearts two and a half thousand years ago. (laughs) He was concocted in the mind of Aesop to illustrate this story. This is as old as time. Pleasing others is as old as time. Doesn't have to be in your lifetime though, does it? Here we are conscious. And this is for you, my fellow pleasing friends. Until next time, love and ease. If you like this episode, you'll love my free workshop called Become Your Own Life Coach. Head on over to becomeyourownlifecoach.com now, and I'll teach you how to coach yourself through any of life's problems. I'll see you there.